Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I always felt like I'm not saying anything brand new. I'm saying what you knew deep inside and you don't know how to articulate or you're struggling to grasp it and embrace it for what it is. So my confidence was just in, I think we all possess the knowledge. I've just have been given a gift to know how to decipher it, break it down, and give the message to people in the way that they can receive it. I'm Simeon Pando. Tank. I'm Melvin Gregg. This is another episode of Nice and Me. I'm Duke. I'm Omar. I'm Jalan. Let's get it. Let's get it. Welcome back to another episode. Yo, what's the deal, y'all? Hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Duke. I'm Omar. I'm Jalan. I'm Stefan Speaks. And this is another episode of the number one podcast in all of Los Angeles, Nice and Neat. And yo, for our audience, we listen to you guys. Hello. Mm. We got, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna say when, we, when it comes down to having one of the top relationship experts in the country, we got them here today. Top tier. Talk about it. We got them here today. We've been seeing them in our comments. Um, we've been seeing you in your com- in, in our comments before we even knew what you looked like. We've before we even knew who you were. Even to this day. People still in the comments, <laughs> literally today, hours ago, talking about we need Stefan Speaks on the show. And I'm so glad we got you here, man. Thank you for, for, for blessing us, for gracing us, man. For you guys who don't know who this is, we have relationship expert, multi-book author, Stefan Speaks in the building, joining Nice and Neat today, man. Give it up. Give, give it a round of applause. Give it up. Round of applause. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Give it up. Man, you know, I'll say the first time I actually seen you, um, and this is, it wasn't intentional. I'm a big fan of podcasts. Uh, I'm a huge Jay Shetty fan, a huge Jay Shetty fan, and um, I seen this black man with dreads mm. on Jay Shetty's show talking about love, talking about caring, talking about being understanding, and I was like, man, who is who is this guy? And then I see the name Stefan Speaks, I'm like, that guy's been in our comments. Yeah. So I sat there and I watched all, all one hour and a half of this episode, over a million views, congratulations on Thank that. You, sir. Man, I wanted to ask you... Obviously, you've been doing this for over a decade. Being on a platform like that, like, how did that feel? You know, it was it was awesome. It was a blessing. You know what I'm saying? I, I just view every podcast I go on as an opportunity to get the message out to more people. You know what I'm saying? So it was great to link up with Jay, and it was a great conversation, great vibe. Uh, like you said, the episode's doing amazing. And, and I just look at every opportunity as a blessing because it's all about helping people get the advice and guidance that they need to have a better life. Oh, you, you get the advice out. <laughs> how many videos, if we just had a guess, how many videos you think Stefan got? Oh, thousands. Hey, oh, thousands. on what? Everything. On everything? It doesn't matter. Listen, I'm, someone who, I'm, I'm someone who actually knows you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I actually been following you. So like, yeah, thousands, you know what I mean? But what I do want to know is how did you get here? Right? Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because in those videos, I don't. I, I know you're a certified dating relationship coach, right? I know 99% of the things you say I can agree with, right? But I don't know too much about like your history and, and what led you to this space. How'd you get here? So it's a long story, but to to sum it up, my degree's in IT. Wow. So I, I, yeah, wow. I, I graduated with a degree in management information systems. I never in a million years would have thought I'd be doing this or would have chosen it on my own. It really was me going through a spiritual journey and asking God, okay, what do you want me to do? And it started with writing a book first. And, and even that was crazy because I used to live in Miami. 
Fuck God told me to move to Georgia, move to Georgia, surrounded by married couples while I'm single. And they're all like venting to me and they're all getting advice from me. And that plus me asking God what to do led to my first book, mm -hmm. which was how to get a woman to have sex with you if you're her husband. Mm -hmm. Right. Because all the men were complaining about a lack of sex. And then from there, it was <laughs> it was just uh, constant asking God, what do I do next? What do I do next? And it was yeah. literally then start a blog. Then it was get certified as a coach. Then it was start speaking. And it just kept going from there. And here I am now. And where did the confidence come from, though? Right? Because if you were talking to married couples while you were single, how do you get confidence and, and belief in yourself to say, yo, what I'm saying you could benefit from? Um, I want to say... First, the first thing that came to mind is it wasn't confidence, it was obedience. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm -hmm. once I felt that's what God was telling me to do, I could question it all I want, but I know what I was hearing, mm -hmm. and I just had to go with it, you know? Mm -hmm. But then, too, I always felt like I'm not saying anything brand new. I'm saying what you knew deep inside, and you don't know how to articulate, or you're struggling to grasp it and embrace it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we all got more in tune with ourselves, we would see it the same way I'm explaining it. Mm. But people struggle with that and people have suppressed that a lot. Mm. So my confidence was just in, I think we all possess the knowledge. I just have been given a gift to know how to decipher it, break it down and give the message to people in the way that they can receive it. With uh, with you being single, did you feel that people questioned your knowledge at, at times? Because you're offering this relationship advice, but you're also someone who's not in a relationship. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the most powerful things someone said to me was the lady who does my locks years ago when I was first starting off. And she said, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Ooh. And she was <laughs> like, don't worry about all that nonsense of... You know, you're saying it doesn't matter if he called you to do this, then just do it. Mm. So I just learned to ignore that. You know what I'm saying? And I think people who say that they don't really understand the dynamics of relationships because relationships go beyond romantic. They mm -hmm. go beyond marriage. You know what I'm saying? Their everyday life, yep. friends, business, acquaintances, you name it. It's about how human beings interact with each other. Mm. And then on a deeper level, how men and women interact with each other. So once you understand people, you can understand relationships. You know what I'm saying? And you don't need to be in a marriage to understand a relationship. Mm. Not to mention, the unfortunate reality is the way that we live life now, these relationships are damn near marriages. Like, once upon a time, the way we're operating never existed. Yeah. It was either you were friends or you was married. Now we have these pseudo-marriages. So in essence, everyone has gone through a marriage-like dynamic. It's just that, of course... Marriage adds legalities and a different level of intensity to it, but there's still foundational principles of how we communicate, mm -hmm. how we coexist, how we pour into each other's needs. Everyone's going through that. Wow. And so that's crazy. We you, were just you, talking about this earlier. We, we were just talking about and that. Break, that breakdown is crazy. That that breakdown takes away a lot of questions. People. <laughs> <laughs> man, you um, you're obviously a spiritually led man. Um, I want to know within your practice how much is the word involved in the advice, in the information, in the care, and also the grace that you have when you deliver an information to people. So I'm not even gonna lie, I'm not the greatest scripturally. Okay. 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 I, I haven't been the greatest at reading and digesting it all. I focus more on praying and just hearing God in prayer. My philosophy has always been, if they burned all the books in the world, does that stop you from connecting with God? Mm. Are you going to be lost now because you have no other way to get to the source? No, I don't think so. Praying is the one thing they can't take from us. 
You know what I'm saying? And no matter how they try to contaminate the book or uh, misconstrue it and misrepresent it, they can't interfere with your direct communication with God. So I've always kind of leaned on that more. Not saying scripture isn't important. It's just that I tend to lean more on praying and just talking to God directly. The, the landscape of dating in today's world, like, where do you, what, what do you feel about it? Are you, are you disgusted with it? Or, or, or are you like, you know what? Like, I'm not mad at it. How do you feel about, you know, seeing the gender wars on social media, seeing all the hot takes on the podcast clips? And I'm sure you, you've seen the, the, the cheesecake conversation, the 50 -50 conversation. <laughs> Like, how do you feel about the dynamic between men and women as it sits right now on social media? So I don't want to use the word disgusted, but I, I kind of am a little disgusted or annoyed, <laughs> maybe, is a better word to use. Yeah. Um, one, let's start with the gender wars. I think it's ridiculous. But I think a lot of it is clickbait. It's mm -hmm. about, you know, once you, you know, I always talk about there's a dark side of YouTube, right? And it really applies to any profession. People can go into a profession with genuine intent but money corrupts and they start to realize if I don't do certain salacious, scandalous type topics and say some wild stuff, I'm not going to get clicks. Right. So people fall into that trap, especially if you're not doing it for, the, for a real purpose. Right. You're doing it because you want to make money, be famous, whatever. You're going to fall into the dark side of YouTube, the dark side of content creation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like a lot of these folks don't even believe some of the stuff they're saying, mm -hmm. but they got to say it because they're looking for that clip. It's going to go viral. Mm -hmm. So I don't like it because also what happens is the gender wars are over-exaggerated yeah. a lot. You know, a lot of the nonsense we hear online isn't what actually plays out in real life. Yeah. So like, you know how they say all these, if you look online, you would swear every woman wants a man that makes over six figures. Yeah, it's, yep. not, it's not reality. But yeah. the vast majority of women are with men who don't make six figures. Right. You know what I'm saying? And who they actually accept into their I know plenty of beautiful women with dudes who ain't doing that well right now. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Because how life actually plays out is very different. But again, people get lost in that moment of what they see on TikTok and Instagram or whatever, mm -hmm. and it, it it distorts their perception of things. Yeah. So I don't like the gender wars. Um, the overall dating landscape, it's it's disheartening mm. because I think the world has gotten too digital and it's unhealthy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So people have gotten lazy. They don't know how to come up and talk to somebody in mm -hmm. real life. You know what I'm saying? Back in the days, you could go to the club. Even though I'm not saying club was the place to meet your right. husband or wife, but... It was it, a real human connection. Yeah, yeah. you can yeah. meet people. You can meet people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can. It is possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. met my wife there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not <laughs> saying you can't. I'm not saying you're supposed to look for it there, yeah. but it can happen, right? But now, that's almost non-existent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everything is just... You know sections now and everybody's in their little clique that and, too you know what i'm saying people aren't actually talking to each other so now we've eliminated that now people barely going to work like they used to so you can't meet at work no more mm. you know what i'm saying so the only thing left is online mm. and then people are very awkward online or they have right. these negative perceptions of well i can't be talking to someone who slid in my dms or i don't want to do online dating or i don't want to do this but well, then how you gonna meet somebody? And everything becomes so quick too. It, yes, exactly. So people don't learn how to have actual conversation. It's very microwave society. So there's a lot. And, and, and again, there's also a lot wrong with going back to the gender wars, 
this notion of like the issue is the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to me, if you are not getting the results you want in life, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. You got to start with you. It, it doesn't mean there aren't some wild women out there. It don't mean there's some wild men out there. Yeah. It just means that you can have better results if you're willing to address your personal issues and create a better environment for you to win in. Yeah. Well, speaking of like the social space and dating the landscape, do you feel like social media has made it harder for the land or for the relationship scene in today's world? Like knowing that you could see someone else's relationship, it can make you happier or sad depending on what you see or um, yeah, something like that. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that it has made it harder to date in today's landscape? Hell yeah. Like I used to say, <laughs> I used to be like, nah, social media is not the problem. The problem is people and social media is exposing the issue that we already have, which there's truth to that. But social media has created this whole illusion of options that mm -hmm. people have now. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? As well as unrealistic expectations because you're seeing things that aren't reality. You got women seeing these women be given lavish gifts and trips and all this stuff. And now they look at their man like, well, you ain't taking me nowhere yep. all year. What's going on, right? You got men looking at their girl that can't live up to the standard of the IG model or whatever and not being able to appreciate what's in front of him. You got a lot of people just getting lost in what they're seeing online. And it's, it's distorting, again, people's re perception of reality and how they approach dating and relationships. But I also think that again, it's the, the internet captures or it, what's the word I'm looking for? It takes advantage of people's emotional state, mm -hmm. all right? And so with that, with now TikTok and reels and, and little short clips, people are getting triggered and falling into the Man. trap of just this clip that's completely out of context because it could be something that we've talked about. Mm, yep. But you take it out of context properly, you can create a whole new narrative. You know what mm. I'm saying? And now people run with that and push that. And again, just creates more chaos and nonsense in the dating world. Mm. You know, I, I like that you're a really big accountability guy. Yeah. Every video I've seen, it is, yeah, 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 this is happening, but what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Right? So it's a, it's a, it's a interesting space in the sense of... Um, when we talk about gender wars and when we're referring to gender wars and when it comes to women blaming men, men blaming women, and let's say somebody comes to you and they are single and they're saying, I can't find nothing out here because of the landscape of dating. Where is the first place that you go with them? I, I need to figure out like, how are they showing up in life and in dating? What kind of energy are they bringing to the situation? A lot of people... So one time I had a woman say to me, I'm not having any success. I'm not meeting any guys. Um, you know, all these guys are just... They're, they're full of crap, right? And so I said, are you sure you're doing everything you need to do? She's like, yeah, I done healed. I done did everything. My energy's good, right? We dig deeper. And what I find out is her mindset is actually, I want a relationship, but I don't want the BS that comes with it. Now, if that's your mindset and you're already perceiving that BS comes with relationships, there's no way you're approaching these situations with positive energy. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? You already got walls up. You're already coming off guarded. That's what's pushing the men away. Mm -hmm. So now you can't, you can't be doing everything you, you, you can or what's exactly, possible. Exactly. You're actually shooting yourself in the foot. Mm -hmm. I'll go even further. One time I got invited to do a show and it was like one of the local news shows. So I'm backstage and they had two ladies going to come ask me questions. 
So they're over here saying, yeah, man, dating in Atlanta is horrible. They're not meeting any guys, whatever. So again, a lot of times people only hear that part of the story and nothing else. And they take that and they run with it. But I know how to push further and get more information. So I'm asking more questions. And the first one tells me, yeah, she meets a guy that she likes, introduces him to her mother. If the mother likes him, she no longer likes the man. So I'm like, how the hell are you going to complain and say men this or Atlanta that when the minute your mother likes this man, you drop him? What's the logic? The, it's some. It's a deeper rooted issue she has with the mother, um, you know, and, and the, who, the mother who I think... She's not healed. She's definitely not healed. She's not healed. <laughs> um, and I believe there was a guy before that the mother wanted her to be with. It's this longer drawn out thing. Mm. The second woman admitted that anytime things got really close, she ran because she had been divorced and she was afraid to be vulnerable. So again, it's like people aren't being honest about their own issues that's getting in the way. So I always start with like, how are you actually showing up and what have you not healed from? Because it's if someone has healed, they're either getting great results or they're usually more at peace with where they're currently at. So if you don't, if you're not experiencing one of those two things, then there's a good chance, at the very least, mm -hmm. something needs to be addressed deeper from within you. Yeah, in your experience, what who have men have responded just as well as women to your coaching? Yeah, absolutely. So crazy enough, even though you you know when you look at my social media, you'll mainly see women, right? And the content Engaging mainly speaks stuff. to women. Yeah, I get approached by more men in the street coming to me saying how much the content helped them, mm -hmm. and the guys who've come for coaching have been very receptive. I had one dude, uh, we basically was able to help him get out of the wrong relationship and now he's engaged, ready to get married mm. and 10 times happier. So they have been very receptive. The hard part is, is getting men to actually come for coaching. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But when they do, they're usually at a point of, yo, I need answers mm. and I'm going to listen to whatever you tell me to do. And why do you think that it's hard for men to come for coaching? I think one, the perception is these coaches are all going to be about defending the woman. So especially when it comes to like marriage counseling, the assumption is she's going to take the wife's side. You know, I'm not going to be able to fully get my issues out there and address. So why even bother? I think also a lot of people have heard their cousin, their mother, whoever say, I've gone to therapy and still come back dysfunctional as hell. Still be negative. Still have not solved any issues. Mm. So it makes it look like there's no point in this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's why there's this dilemma where you'll hear people say, and I don't want to offend the women, but it's just reality. They'll say, oh, well, the, the men aren't doing the work. The women are doing all the work. Mm -hmm. Yes, the women are going to counseling, but they're learning how to cope and manage their issues. They're not resolving it. Mm. So they go back into the world and they're still getting triggered. They still haven't healed. They're still making bad choices because they haven't actually solved the problem. Mm. So it's like we're still having this ongoing cycle of both men and women who lack real healing in their life. Mm. A lot of the people who come to you, it's just since we're talking about accountability, I, I, I really admire that you make people search for their accountability. Um, a lot of the people that come to you, do you feel like they love themselves? No, I was gonna say hell no, but I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> no, they do not love themselves. You know, the the whole "I love me" movement is very on the surface and superficial, but it's not actually what's happening from within. A lot of people are holding on to deeper insecurities. A lot of people are questioning their own value. A lot of people have a, like if they met the right person, they would be like, why me? Why is this person choosing me? They wouldn't even believe that this good 
amazing individual could want them. Which means, how could you love yourself so much, but you question why someone would value you? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are struggling with that for various reasons. And, you know, to no fault of their own, because many have grown up in households that destroyed their self-esteem, destroyed their sense of self-worth. I had one client one time where the the girl's uh, father would always tell her she's ugly and tell her that she was good for nothing but laying on her back. Mm. Wow. You know, so it's going to be hard to now be a confident woman and believe mm -hmm. in your, mm -hmm. your self-worth and love yourself. But we were able to work through some issues and, and get her to a better place. But there's a lot of people who may not have that exact story, but something in their childhood that really beat them down and they're still struggling with that. Mm -hmm. It could be as simple as their father or mother neglected them emotionally and it made them question like they're not good enough. And now they carry that into their adult relationships, seeking the validation of the opposite sex to feel good enough again. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. So in that, in understanding that it's hard for people to love themselves unconditionally. Do you believe in unconditional love? Yes. So I believe love can be unconditional relationships or not. And what's happening is people are conflating love and relationship. So to love someone, to be compassionate, kind, patient, I can give that to anyone, hmm. but I can't be in a relationship with anyone. And just because I love you doesn't mean I'm supposed to stay in this relationship with you. Mm -hmm. If you can't show up and do your part, then you got to go. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're telling people, nah, if you love them, stick by them no matter what. It's like, nah. And now you're getting yourself caught up in their nonsense, getting drained, being depleted. Mm -hmm. and, and the whole time you're doing it with someone that you're not even mm -hmm. meant to be with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you've allowed this fallacy of if you love them enough, you'll stick with it. No, because if they loved you enough, they'd fix the issue. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So how, why is it on you to love them through the nonsense, but it's not on them to love you enough to stop putting this burden on your back? Fellas, this was a two-part question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a two-part question. So in that, where is the line between unconditional love and unconditional tolerance? How would somebody be able to identify that in being, I'm graceful for my person that I absolutely love and I'm tolerating nonsense and they're dragging me through the mud? All right, so let me, let me put it to you like this. A lot of times... God lets us go through tough situations because he's trying to grow us and allow us to get stronger and learn something, right? But when we're going through that tough situation, we may not perceive it as an act of love because of the struggle that we have to deal with. But his action is due to that he loves us enough to allow us to experience this because he knows what's waiting for us, waiting for us on the other side. All right, so now how does that correlate to relationships? Some, we keep thinking that I have to stick by your side because I love you. No. Loving you sometimes means loving you from afar. Loving you sometimes means allowing you to go through this on your own because you need to grow up. You need to evolve. And some people have to fall dead on their face before they finally look up and do what they're supposed to do. And you trying to love them by staying present and walking them through the situation is actually impeding their progress. You are hindering the process of their growth. That is not an act of love. Because a lot of times the people hold on, not because they love them so much, but they're afraid that they're going to lose them ultimately. Mm. So because I have to still be the person you value and feel that was there for you, I'm going to stick it through for you. But if I loved you, it means doing what is best for you. And sometimes that means letting you go. 
So when we talk about tolerance or, you know, loving them, it's like, listen, again, there are certain things that relationships require. If people do not want to show up for the job, they get fired. Plain and simple. Period. That's it. Period. So you lay down the groundwork and they're either with it or they're not. All this, we got to just wait and wait and wait. Because the problem is, yes, there's examples of situations where that person may come out of it after a couple of weeks or a month. But there's a thousand, millions more of people who never change. And that other individual ends up getting more damage and eventually still have to leave them. So when it comes to, when it comes to um, figuring out what that line, that line is, that boundary, when it's, we can't have no, we can't have any more, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a specific, do we, as men, right? Are we supposed to wait for a specific moment when it just boils over and we can't take any more? Or should we pay attention to like the first couple of red flags we see? You got to address it first couple of red flags. If you wait till you it gets to the boiling point, chances are you're going to lash out or react in a way that's going to be mm -hmm. very unhealthy mm -hmm. and destroy the potential of this even ever being reconciled, mm -hmm. all right? Which is what a lot of men do a lot of times. It's like, you know, one of the things I've come across with a lot of married men is they can be so unhappy at home, be undress addressing the issue or somewhat addressing the issue. Nothing's getting fixed. And now the temptation of infidelity starts to creep in, right? And I would say to them, like, listen, man, you are better just leaving because if you do this and she finds out, then anything she ever did wrong mm -hmm. will not matter anymore. All that will matter is that you cross that line of infidelity. <laughs> Don't wait till it gets that, to that point. Address it. And if it cannot be corrected, we may have to make a difficult decision. Mm -hmm. So I think that ultimately when we see those red flags, we got to address it. And I also think that what would be wise for people to do is establish the, the, the framework of how we're going to handle these things in advance. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So even when it comes to people having their moments, I believe, listen, we're, we're all human. We're all going to have our shortcomings every now and then, right? But we can't dwell in it and stay in that place. So if we have an agreement of, all right, if we're mad at each other, you know, some people will say we won't go to sleep mad. Mm -hmm. We got to talk about it. For someone else, it might be, all right, you get three days, yeah, three days to do your thing, whatever. But after that, we have to sit down and we got to address this. Mm -hmm. The worst thing we can do is not have any kind of structure in place. And then these issues linger on. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? And then what happens is you might be having a good moment the next day and like, I don't want to bring it up now. Things yep. feel okay. Yep. So let me let it slide. Right. Yep. But then another issue happens. Then we do the same yep. thing. And then yep. before you know it, Build it up. all blows up. up. Yep. And then boom, we have a... Bigger you issue on our hands. And you did that. Yep. You, you know, yep. I, I seen um I seen this older couple getting interviewed, and uh they asked them they asked the woman, it was like you know if you could give a younger couple advice on marriage and being successful, they were married thirty five years. She was like, what would you say? She's like, she's like, I'll oh, marry your best friend. And they asked the man, it was like, what would you say? And he was like, I would say fight fair. Mm. And. I thought it was profound because regardless in relationships, you guys going to have discrepancies. Yeah. You guys going to have differences. And in what you're saying, setting the groundwork for like, hey, yo, this is how we, this is how we're going to argue. When it happens, yes. yep. this is like, how we get down. This is how we get down. Yep. Like, for example, no matter how mad me and my girl are with each other, I got to kiss her before I go to bed. <laughs> and she could tell when something wrong, it's like, you didn't kiss me last night. And I'm like, uh, I was wrong for that. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what she did during the day, those are the rules that we made. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, like we got a segment on here called Dim the Rules and like <laughs> Dim the Rules. Like dim, I, 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 broke, rules. I, I broke the rules yeah. on that. So I, li I really like that you said that. Like you got to set the ground rules on what arguments look like. Yes. Yeah. The rules of engagement. One of your most recent books is Finding Love After Heartbreak. Yeah. We had uh, an interesting 
real that kind of caused some controversy up in the comments. Um, one of one of the topics was just about you know, giving your best even after something doesn't work, mm. right? And there were a lot of women in the comments saying like, oh man, when I've, I've given my best before and it just doesn't work, I'm not giving my best anymore. What, did, what do you have to say to those type of women that have been heartbroken, had their heart chewed up, spit out, stomped on again, and trying to find love? Like where, where do I start and be, even begin to heal to even begin to love again? So I want people to first understand, I don't want to come off harsh, but if, if you're not going to give your all again, then don't be in a relationship. Like at that point, if, if you're going to have step in that way, then why even bother? You know what I'm saying? My thing is, if you want to be in one, then you've got to be willing to go all the way in and truly be vulnerable and allow yourself to experience the fullness of the love. If not, stay out of it completely. Yeah. But the reality is that you know you want it. You know you want a relationship. You just want one without the vulnerability. That can't, that's not, that's impossible. Exist. Yeah. Exactly. And, and if it does, it exists within an unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. You see? So you've got to be willing to address that hurt and resolve it and release it and start to understand that that hurt isn't a symptom of relationships. It's a symptom of the dude you were dealing with. Mm -hmm. Same way if a dude is holding on to past issues and negative perceptions of relationships, it's based on the woman you chose to deal with, not every woman that you're going to come across. We got to learn to keep it where it's at. But again, a lot of times, the reason why we're holding so strong to it is because there's probably something even before that we haven't resolved. You see what I'm saying? And there's probably something before that that led us into that dysfunctional relationship to begin with to why we got hurt. Mm. And also understand, did you get hurt because you were trying to give your love? Or again, did you get hurt because you were afraid to lose a dude, so you went extra hard to keep him and it still wasn't good enough? And of course mm. it's going to not be good enough because mm. you're never good enough for the wrong person. Wow. You can't make it work. That's that's the misconception that people have. Like, well, you can just find someone and if you just do the right things, it will all work. Our ability as human beings to consistently put in the required effort is highly contingent upon how deeply we actually feel for someone. Mm. Same way, if you don't really care for your job, you're not showing up 100% all the time. Yep. No. Plain and simple. But if you are, you <laughs> no. love your job, this is your purpose, this is your thing, you will. And even then, you might have some days off because yep. we're human, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. But you're going to be more consistently present there. So you, if you're not really deeply into someone, you're just not going to be able to sustainably do the right things over and over again. And a lot of people don't recognize yeah, you had a good day, but you're ignoring the six other bad days you had with this person. And you want to define your efforts by your good day, not by the consistent effort that you are, are or are not giving. As a dating and relationship coach expert, right? how do you, like, do you feel pressure, right, in your own personal relationships to be perfect? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> you know, you understand I, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, I get it, you. It, I mean, I so I don't feel pressure because I don't put those unrealistic expectations on myself. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm human. I tell people I'm human. I'm not going to be perfect. You know what I'm saying? I, I do have full confidence in my ability to... Live what you're talking about. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And implement the foundational principles, communication, and how you treat someone and all these different things. But again, I'm human. Mm -hmm. I, I might forget to call you as quickly as you want me to this mm -hmm. day. You know what I'm saying? 
and the same grace I expected to extend me, I'm going to extend you as well. So I don't, I don't feel pressure in that sense. Yeah. I think if there's pressure, it's more so from the outside world and how they would perceive my relationship. I got you. You know what I'm saying? So because yeah. now it's a brand issue. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So with my partner, I feel like we can work it out. We'll talk about this. Yeah. We'll be good. She'll understand. Right. But the world, they want to see this perfect example because, well, you're the relationship guy, yeah, so yeah, you're not yeah. allowed to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's ridiculous. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that, and to be honest with you, I'm the type of person that if I'm not even a big fan of like putting my relationship on display right. for people to see and then scrutinize for what? You, you're not you're not serving me any good. Right. You know what I'm saying? You just want right. something to talk about. Yeah. Nah. So you believe in private keeping your relationship private? Yes. If if you're a person of status and on social. Yes, I believe. Again, we we got to remember once upon a time none of this stuff existed, mm -hmm. and now that we have this digital world, we think we're supposed to have to do these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think we have to. Now, if you want to, cool. And if you and your partner are on the same page about that, cool. But for me, like if you look at my social media now, I don't show my own life. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't see nothing like, about me, really. I guess, I guess I was gonna get there too because it'll be different if you were someone that showed everything exactly. but your relationship. Yes, you, you don't show anything. So now it's the, you don't now, show anything. Now, so. now it's <laughs> yeah. you're trying to keep this a secret. Or you're trying to keep whoever you're dealing with a secret, but you're showing your family, you're showing the cars, you're showing exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think in in situations like th those, it gets a little tricky because it's like, yo, I know privacy is the first thing people lean on when you say, okay, well, why haven't I seen these things? But then privacy goes out the window when you're it's not private about everything else. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I always find that interesting, you know. And, and to me, my mentality is, I'm not here to prove to anything to anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm here to do my job and speak on relationships and give a message. Mm -hmm. If that's not good enough for you, fine. Then mm -hmm. go listen to someone else. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to now put my life on display or relationship on display because I have to appease your desire yeah. to see more. No, that's not my job. Mm -hmm. Now, if God tells me, yo, put it on display. All right, then I'm do it. Yep. That's the only reason I would so do I'm it. Breaking a lot of hearts. You know what I'm, saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking a lot of hearts, you, uh, man. You said something. I know it was just in, in passing, but you said, you know, I'm human. I may not have called you as mm -hmm. fast as you might have wanted me to. Mm -hmm. Made me think about the question, um, how important is grace in a relationship? Because I know we talked about like, yo, this person's not serving me, they're not doing this. But if somebody said, you're not calling me, is that doesn't work for me. Like how important is grace in a relationship? It's extremely important. I think we're, we're living in this society where because people are so traumatized from past experiences, they're, they can be really quick to get triggered and paint people in a negative light, right? And in reality, a lot of times they're doing that because they're looking for something to be able to hold over your head as well as validate their own issues and dysfunction. You see what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. if you got something I can call out about you, now you can't say nothing about what I got going on and I mm -hmm. have an issue with, right? And so to me, grace is important because I always tell like even clients, you have to look at the overall picture. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to me that someone, and let's even use like a pastor, right? A pastor could literally live his life righteously for 364 days and 23 <laughs> hours out the year, doing everything right. But God forbid that people find out in that 24th hour that he did something wrong, they will define his whole existence Off of that by one that moment. one hour. Yes. Yeah. Now it's, you, you were always a horrible person. You mm. were always mm -hmm. a liar. You were always this. Mm. And ignore the 99.9% .9 he did good. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because to me, 
A bad person or a bad partner is consistently bad. We don't have to look for a moment. They're going to have constant moments of falling short, of mistreating you, of doing the wrong thing. And if you've addressed the issue and they're still not correcting it, then we got a problem. Mm -hmm. But we have to be realistic. Even good people make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and you, we, if you're with someone long enough, they're going to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. So after years of marriage or being together... You cannot expect perfection. That's mm -hmm. just unrealistic. Mm -hmm. You kind of, kind of answered it, but I guess like, how does one know when to walk away? Then, if I'm in a relationship and it's just not feeling right, what, what, what's a great indication for me to know? Like, I'm not in the right space. This person's not for me. It's not meant to be. I need to move on. So, one, you got to trust your your inner spirit, like, yep. and that's why to me you got to be in tune with God. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because sometimes it's not even about they did something wrong. Sometimes you just know you are with the wrong person, like. I know one guy I met in D.C. where he said the only reason why he got married was, was because he was too afraid to say no. So basically, his girl kind of pushed wow. him to do it. He didn't know how to tell her no. He got married. But he always knew she wasn't the one. You know what I'm saying? Now, he should have never even been in that relationship at that point. But, you know, it happens. And so it wasn't about her doing something specifically wrong at that moment. It's just he knew this wasn't it. He knew that they weren't in alignment. So as individuals, we got to be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we're trying to, you know how they say, what is it? Force a round peg into a square hole or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we're trying to do with other people. Mm -hmm. And we latched on to what we want rather than understand what we actually need or what fits with us. Mm -hmm. So I think one is recognizing, do we actually fit together? You know what I'm saying? Are we in alignment with each other? And then are we willing to put in the work to make it better? Mm -hmm. So if issues happen... We address it and they're like, all right, cool. We sit down, we talk, and we're willing to put in the work. All right, then give it some time. Mm -hmm. Put in the work. But if they're going to make excuses, dance around the issue, get defensive, deflect it back on you, it's time to go. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. Even if we want to say, well, maybe they'll come around. A lot of people don't come around because they don't have to. Because they know you're not walking away. Mm -hmm. oh. They know you're going to stay right there. So why are they going to tighten up? And that's why it's not until you actually walk out that door, they're like, oh, snap, he's for real or she's for real. And now they want to fix it. And at that point, you have to evaluate, is this a genuine attempt to fix or is this a, a fear attempt to fix? Mm. Is it just a temporary thing to reel me back in or do you really understand the change that needs to happen? But everything needs consequences. Mm. We don't pay our mortgage. We lose our house. Facts. You don't show up to work on time, you lose yes, your I job. Have. Hell, yeah. if we don't believe in certain principles, you don't go to heaven. Everything has a consequence. So why wouldn't there be a consequence in your relationship? The minute they think you're not going away, for no matter what they do, you lost. Question for you. That was good. That was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Do you believe that fear is a part of love? No, I do not believe fear is a part of love. I do believe that fear fear is the counter. So here's how I view fear. When it... In, in correlation to love. So you ever watch like the superhero movies and whenever a superhero arises, a villain comes about, mm -hmm. right? It is just the natural counter of life. It is the yin, the yang. Whenever love arises, fear will come to try to knock it off. That is just the way it works. It, it is the yin and the yang. It will come to fight it off. If you look at it from a spiritual perspective, I always say the devil don't care if the wrong people get together. That's an amazing thing for his mission, all right? But when true love occurs... He will do everything in his power to derail this. I can attest because that. that is going to be a problem <laughs> if those two people come together. And that's why when there's true love, a lot of times the true love situations have the hardest time getting together. But it's not mm. a hard time as far as 
we can't connect or get on the same page. It's all this outside influence and circumstances, family, this person, drama, that's derailing the whole situation a lot of times. Or our own fears from our unresolved traumas that won't even allow us to trust what's in front of us. Right, because we're so vulnerable. Exactly. So I, I think fear is a natural occurrence when love arises, but it is not love itself or in love. You know what I'm saying? It's not a yeah. part of love. It is a counter to it that's going to come about and, and try to knock you off. So in being, I want to choose another word, but I'm going to use fear again. In being okay. fearful of consequences, what word would you put there? What would be a synonym that you can put there for, for example, I'm a, I'm a guy who whenever I get done with a job or um, when I leave here tonight, I'm going to call my girl and I'm going to let her know, babe, I'm on my way home, mm-hmm. right? If I get home and I'll be like, ooh, I didn't call her. I feel a sense of fear. Exactly. <laughs> Man. Right? I feel that. Yeah. Right? I don't feel like I would feel that if I didn't care. Mm-hmm. So, or if I didn't love her. Mm-hmm. So what would we call that feeling? Again, it's just it's just fear. But it's the fear that it it arose in you because love will bring everything out. You know what I'm saying? And so, but we don't want to combine the two because it's almost to say, if you believe God is love, then do we believe God is fear? Well, you know what? Some people can make that that argument because scripturally they'll talk about fear and God. God. You know what I'm saying? So, there, you know what? There might be something to that. We might have discovered but, something. <laughs> that. But I do. I I try to look at it as two separate forces, but that one kind of activates the other in, in a lot of ways, or at least it brings it out because there is the the concern of losing the person that you love mm-hmm. and no longer having that individual in your life. So it's going to happen, but I still don't want to say it's a part of love, so to speak. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Talk to us. Um, I'll, You know, we have a lot of guys that, I have a lot of guys that be in my DMs. They got guys that be in their DMs talking about, man, I'm struggling right now. I don't know how to tell my girl this, or I really want to tell my girl this, but I don't know how, right? And they don't know how to be vulnerable and open because they're fearful of losing their woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard you say one time on Hardly Initiated, um, you said that men should be open and, and transparent with their women so it can expose them. Yes. Right? I thought that was super powerful because I never looked at it like that. Can you tell us more about what you mean by that? You know, uh, about men saying, yo, don't worry about losing a woman. Tell her the truth so, she, so you can see how she's going to react. Yes, exactly. So it's like, this whole, you know, the whole fear of being vulnerable to women because she'll use it against you or you'll lose her or mm-hmm. lose her respect, but you're not getting to see the type of woman you're actually dealing with. You know what I'm saying? Anytime you you suppress certain things or hold yourself back, you're basically giving your partner a free pass to do the same. You can't expose light with darkness. Yep. You got to expose light with more light. So by allowing yourself to be fully open and vulnerable... Now I get to see if you use this against me, then you're just not for me Mm. or you're not mature enough yet to be in a healthy relationship. Mm. If you're not going to allow me to have a safe space to talk to you, you're not for me. We would be able to see a lot faster because there's a lot of men 
who are with the wrong woman because they rather dance around the issues than address it head on. Mm. And if they address it head on, because if you're worried that, well, she's going to start to, you know, act crazy or maybe she'll fight me or whatever, then clearly you're with an unstable woman that you shouldn't be dealing with. Plain and simple. Mm. I'd rather know that as <laughs> soon as possible. And here's the thing. There are plenty of women that if you opened up to, they can be like, all right, cool. I hear you. I understand. Like, they're going to show you that they can handle it. Mm. And now you know, okay, this might be someone I can move forward with. Mm. So I definitely think it's it's a tool to see if this person really fits with you and can honor and respect you being open and vulnerable. Because listen, if your plan is to be with this woman for the rest of your life, you don't need to be with someone that you got to be walking on eggshells with. Mm -hmm. That's just like being in a prison mm -hmm. of your own relationship. That's not worth it. Mm -hmm. You think that men should wait till they're financially stable to start dating? Or do you think that men should try to court women right in the hopes of them building with them? Nah, you need to wait till you're financially stable. That that whole coin <laughs> while you're broke. If you're broke, you need to be on your grind. Now listen, if you're on your grind and you happen to meet a woman in that process who's like, I want to build with you. One, you have to ask yourself this. If I get with this woman, will I still stay on my grind? We got to be real with ourselves. Yep. Because when we're getting that incentive of a yep. woman in our lives, we take our foot off the gas mm -hmm. and we're not going as hard. And sometimes... You need to at least, not even sometimes, in most cases, you need to establish the foundation first mm -hmm. and build your work ethic up first before a woman comes into your life so that mm -hmm. she doesn't now become a distraction to you. Mm -hmm. So if you know you can't handle that, mm -hmm. nah, you got to hold off on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you definitely should not be trying to pursue and look for a woman to build with you. Because here's the one of the huge mistakes men are making with that. Mm -hmm. There's the perception of, if she gets with me while I'm broke, that means she really loves me. Mm. It's not true. A lot of women get with a man when they're broke because she has power over you. Oh. Because now she has leverage. Because now she has greater value. And now she feels like it is safer here because I get to build you up and your, your achievements will be owed to me. And now you can't walk away as easily. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So it's not actually out of love. It's her own defense mechanism. Now, mm. I'm not saying no woman who has gotten with a broke man didn't actually love him. I'm just saying it's not automatic. Don't think that that's going to be a safe way to choose a woman. And, and if anything, also ask yourself, would I be with this woman if I was already successful? Mm. Because a lot of dudes get with the woman who they can get while they're broke. Perspective changed. Exactly. Circumstances changed. And, and, mm -hmm. and the woman who will tolerate and, and pour into them and help build them up. But the minute that dude gets put on, he's looking at her like, man, I got better options now and I don't know if I want this anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And is, that, is that something that's common though? Hell yeah. It, it, well, common in, in terms of in terms of to a man finding a woman and then in, getting in successful of, and then yeah, in terms of a man being with a woman and and, and building himself up with her mm -hmm. and becoming successful and, and then, then wanting something else is that common? It's com it's common, but not as simply because. So let's put it this way: it isn't a dynamic of everything being good and I'm still gonna go upgrade to something else, right? Mm -hmm. What happens is I'll give you an example. I spoke at a panel one time. And the dude said, you know, his wife got with him when he was broke mm -hmm. and she held him down and she, he truly appreciated. Now, in this situation, he actually stayed on his grind. He became successful. Once he became successful, he started trying to pay for stuff. It's like to him, it was like, OK, it's my turn to I take get to care repay of you. you now. Exactly. Yeah. I want to make sure you're good. That made her uncomfortable. It started to create fights in the relationship. 
Because again, she what lost I, power. Is that exactly. What she lost power? She's losing her power. She doesn't have the leverage anymore. Now it's making her feel inadequate in the situation. So now there's conflict. So that conflict is going to lead to divorce. And that's what happened. That's damn. They got divorced. That. That's trash. So it's yeah. not as simple as, oh, okay, I got a good woman. I'm successful now. I want a better woman. It's just that if we got together for reasons that weren't about true love and connection, then it is, it's inevitable that we are going to end at some point. Mm. And now that man who is now in a better position is going to be like, well, my relationship's already crap anyway. I got these better options. Why wouldn't he? Or some just try to manage it by staying with the woman they got with from day one. And have it outside. And they just doing their thing yeah, on the yeah, outside. Yeah, it. because they know that's not really what they wanted. But, yeah. but she's trying basically, to stay true to their word. Yeah, yeah. she's home team and I owe it to her yeah. and she's been there. So I'm going to keep her around, but he ain't really into her like that. Wow. How important is connection in relationships? Because I just heard you mention that word. You yeah, know? it's it to me, it's extremely important. To me, without connection, you're basically doomed to fail. And, and people have to understand that's not chemistry. That's not compatibility. That's a deeper thing. That's too So we people. can have compatibility and chemistry and be missing the connection and the yes. relationship don't work. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Because connection to me is a deeper spiritual occurrence. It's your spirit recognizing its match. It's two people who can be truly themselves. Again, when you really examine a lot of relationships, most relationships, they're not being their full selves. A lot of them- What are they being? They're being what they think they have to be for their partner. Mm -hmm. I knew a woman one time where she was more of a party goer. She liked being outside. She, you know, she has a Caribbean background. That's her thing. <laughs> and she got with a super conservative dude. So she tried to make herself super conservative that doesn't work you can't suppress yourself forever all kind of energy exactly and yeah. it doesn't just stop there because now also she had a more i don't want to say lavish lifestyle of living but he was super frugal mm -hmm. all right and she was not that frugal so they had that conflict and it was this constant different conflicts because rather than being herself and accepting that this man may not be the right one for me, it's no, I want this person, so let me try to fit into their box. And you can't stay in that box forever. So you can't force connection. No, you cannot force connection. You can't create connection. It's either there That's or God. it's not. Yep. That's you know, it. You know, I've um, I've listened to a lot of and heard a lot of your videos, right? And it seems like in all of them, you are pretty neutral mm -hmm. in, in your approach and how you speak to people, it's never its never too extreme. It's never really taking sides. Where did you get that type of, you know, neutrality to just maintain a, just an a, a even space, you know? That, that to me, that's God, because if you're doing this out of purpose, th there's no way you can be serious about helping relationships and be one-sided. Mm. That makes no sense. Mm. And to me, if you want to solve any issue, you can never be one-sided. That just means you're not really about fixing the issue. You're about whatever bias you have mm -hmm. going into it. So there's no way I could genuinely be about helping people and only go at men or only go at women. That makes no sense. Right. As well as everything has multiple layers to it. Right. So that's why like some of my videos can be very long, right? But that's because I got to try to dissect various angles because I don't need you to take this one tidbit, mm -hmm. run with it, and forget this aspect of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to cover as much as I can in like 30 minutes or whatever, yeah. or if it's a podcast, longer. Yeah. So to me, it was just knowing that this is how God wants me to approach it. And I understood from day one, this is going to be the slow growth approach. Like, this isn't going to be the go viral approach. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And one thing that's kind of funny, even though I've been doing this for a long time, 
you could argue that I flew under the radar for a very long mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. because there were other people who were getting all the publicity and the viral clips or whatever. Extreme takes. Exactly. Yeah, I ain't going to say their names. But yeah, yeah, we're not going to say their names. But I was slowly just constantly growing in the background, mm -hmm. constantly growing because being that balanced approach, you're not going to get all that, that quick love and, and viral moments, but you will help more people. And that's what it's about. Sound like something we're doing here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Mm. So, okay, being about the purpose of what you're doing, man. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's people who are listening and they just like, man, Stefan is dope, but he always talking about God. Man. <laughs> he always talking about how God is the center and God is the foundation and God is gonna lead my spirit. And you know, it's just making me think like, as you are moving in your practice and you know helping people out. Do you help people out that are not believers or you only deal with believers? Nah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Man, I, I've had all kinds of people. Atheists, Muslim, you name it. You know what I'm saying? Gay, straight, it makes no difference because to me, the principles are the same. Yep. And I'm not here to force a belief system on you. It's just that if you ask me what I believe, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be in denial of what I believe. I'm not going to be in denial of my foundation, but I can still give you practical advice that applies to you regardless of your faith or belief system. And to me, I don't want to not give you that advice because... We still need healthy relationships no matter what your walk of life is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I still want to see less people in dysfunctional situations. Mm -hmm. So I'm still going to give you the guidance that you're looking for. So yeah, I I even had one dude, funny enough, I had a guy at one point who was writing my emails who was an atheist. And, I, and, I, and, and here's an example of why you don't just go off what logically makes sense. Because people would say, how in the hell could you let an atheist write your emails that are talking about God and books about God. Mm -hmm. But when I prayed about it, God told me, hire this man. Mm -hmm. And I remember, mm -hmm. I want to say three months in, I was like, yo, this ain't working out. I'm about to just fire this dude. And I prayed and God was like, do not let him go. Keep working with him. I was like, no, this doesn't make any sense. But God was like, let him, just keep working with him. The very next month, I don't know what happened, but revenue tripled from the email. Wow. It just like, I don't know. And and here's the thing. No one knows if there was a greater purpose for letting this man work with me. Mm -hmm. Both for me to learn some things yep. about walking in faith. And maybe there's some things that he had to start to learn. Mm -hmm. We don't know what seed it planted. That's the thing. I think people have to understand. It's not always about like whether you can save someone right now or fix this. Sometimes you're just here to plant a seed mm -hmm. and someone else will water the seed. And let's, I don't care who gets the damn glory. All I care is the result. All I care is I did my part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I look at it like if you're in a, what they call assembly line, maybe you're just there to put the leg on the toy. Yeah. You know yep. what I'm saying? And someone else will put the whole thing else together. Yep. If I'm, if my, if my job is just the leg, so be it. I don't care. I don't need all the fanfare. I just want to do my part. That's it. What does love mean to you? Like, what how, love how would you mean? describe love? Well, one, God is love. Two, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Two, um, love is just compassion, kindness, patience, grace, understanding. 
you know, love is considerate and, and love is positive, positive energy. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you can operate a negative energy and be spreading love. Mm. It just doesn't work that way. Mm. So to me, those are the things that encompass love. And that's why I think those are things that, again, we can give to anyone, but that doesn't mean we're going to be in a relationship with them. Is love the most important thing in relationships, though, or no? In relationships, it's hard for me to say it's the most important. I think it is definitely extremely important. So I think love, connection, and how should I say, an understanding of the shared values and the way that we show up for each other. But you can love someone and not be connected? You Yes. Mm. You can love someone and not have a connection with them. Mm. You can... You just won't be in love with them. Exactly. And you can, let's say, have the, the understanding of what we got to do for each other. But what I said earlier, if there's no connection and love, your ability to show up that way consistently is extremely unlikely. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you need all of it. But you can't just have love alone either. And you even can't just have connection alone either. Because if you're not having proper communication that lays out what we need from each other, then we're not going to see the relationship mm. thrive. Because, again, so many people have this, excuse me, this perception of what... Again, if you love me, then you should know how to pour into me. Mm. No. Love you means I'm willing and desire to pour into you, but you have to still give mm. me some instructions. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's yeah. your love language? What, what, yeah. what is it you need? You know what I'm saying? Don't assume that I'm supposed to just know. That's unfair and yeah. unreasonable. Now, if you tell me and I still don't do it, then clearly I don't love you that much. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we got to still lay out the ground rules and how we want things to be done if we really want to see success. We gotta give our partners yeah, so, an instruction manual. Yeah, yeah so pretty much. If, I, if I'm a if I'm a guy and I, I come from a very rough upbringing, okay, mm-hmm. and I didn't see love, my parents didn't, I didn't see affection, and maybe I didn't grow up with my dad, right? And, mm-hmm. and I didn't have, you know, sisters to soften me up, just brothers age to beat me up and stuff like that. Now I'm a full grown adult and I want to be in love, mm-hmm. right? But I just don't know how to. What are the first steps that I need to take to be able to connect with a woman to get that to happen? You got to heal. You got to heal because a lot of that, you know, what I grew up in and what I'm not used to is trauma that I'm still holding on to and things that I'm not processing correctly. Mm-hmm. There's people out there who think they're not affectionate when no, you are affectionate. You're just uncomfortable with affection because you grew up in a household that maybe shunned affection or maybe you're afraid to be vulnerable because to be affectionate is to be vulnerable. And you have these walls up and without bringing them down, you can't... Like, walls basically restrict your ability to give love and receive love. Mm-hmm. So you've got to bring them down, wh- wherever they're coming from. And so a lot of people, it all starts with addressing that deeper issue. Mm-hmm. But then secondly, sometimes it's just practice. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, you're not used to being affectionate, right? So let's say I'm talking to a couple and one of the partners ain't used to being affectionate. All right, so here's how we're going to start. We're going to agree that when one or the other comes home, you got to greet them with a kiss. Mm-hmm. It's an automatic rule. There's, there's no way around it. And yes, it might feel weird at first. And it might feel forced at first. But it's going to get to a point where it's second nature. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, all right, we got the kissing good. So now let's move it. Let's bump it up a little bit. Now we're going to do a little bit more hugging and touching. Maybe we even set aside time where we got to sit on the couch, watch TV, hugged up. And get used to being in this place of affection. Mm. So sometimes it's just a matter of practicing it until you get used to it. Mm. Do you need to seek a licensed professional or a coach to heal? Um, to me, I don't care if they're licensed or coach. I just. But do you need to seek counsel to heal? You don't necessarily have to. Um, 
I think it's very good. I think it's very helpful. But you still have to be careful because, listen, there's a lot of coaches and therapists that their whole business model is to keep you coming back. Yeah. And they're not interested in curing you. They're, again, they're interested in keeping you, uh, helping you how to manage and cope with the situation. Big pharma therapist. Exactly. Okay. So you've got to really pay attention to, are we making progress in actually resolving the issues? But there's tons of, like I, the book Love After Heartbreak. If somebody bought that book and did all the steps, they can heal. And they would never have had to sit with a therapist or sit with me one-on-one. -on -one. I actually read that, I read that in a few of your reviews, actually. Like, yo, I've actually... someone I've read a review, a review from someone that said, yo, I bought this book when I was going through a heartbreak and I thought that, oh, I don't... Well, I was going through a breakup and I thought I didn't need it. Mm. Man, boy, was I wrong. Mm. Two years later, I'm back here and I'm reading the books and man, has it changed my perspective on life? Mm. And I'm like, damn, that, that's really powerful. Yeah. 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 So as long as you're willing to get some kind of resource, book professional something hell watch a youtube video if you find the right youtube videos that give you guidance so be it yep. all that matters is that you are actually putting in the work to hear yep wow uh fellas man I'm, I'm, hey you, you see we we, we talked to him in present he stefan speaks but stefan no. spoke <laughs> we gotta get we gotta give him the fastest stefan spoke Oh man, listen, man. Thank you again for blessing no us and having Thank a conversation. You. Uh this is one of the I think most in-depth conversations surrounding love and relationships that we've had. Yeah. So really appreciate you for just you know, making that happen for us, man. It's been an honor and privilege just to have you here. So thank, thank you. you. Man. I Thank appreciate you. Appreciate y'all having me. Yeah. Um well listen, y'all, make sure you guys are dropping comments. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Make sure you guys are uh subscribed to us on all platforms. That's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you guys are following us on, on on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all that. All right, make sure you guys handle that. Um, and if you're watching this right now, go ahead and screenshot or take a picture of the screen, post it in your story, tag us. If you're listening to this on your podcast or your, or your drive to work, don't don't screenshot and drive to work. But <laughs> but um, post it in your story, tag us, and um, and let us know what you thought about the episode. Man, much love. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Duke. I'm Omar. I'm Jalan. I'm Stefan Speaks. And this is another episode of Nice and Neat. And that's that on that. I'll be the one to take the risk to go and get them bands. I'll be the one to never sit and go and make a plan. Knowing my mother getting old and I don't got no time. Gotta keep a couple for the road to rest get left behind. Yeah. To the hunters, pledge allegiance, I stand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.